It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome to Around the Ozark Sports Scene. Pleasure to have you with us. Hope everyone had a very happy holidays time and ready to get back at it now in 2024. We had a great uh, break during the uh, Christmas and New Year's uh, time there and ready to get rolling with a full year of great uh, ATO sports scene guests. And uh, we'll visit with uh, our latest one here in just a few minutes. But as always, we kind of start out our podcast with our three things to watch this week, including the weekend, and we'll kind of spill over into early next week. But uh, number one, a little bit of Missouri State Bears basketball. Of course, the Bears uh, had a very impressive road win out in California at St. Mary's right before Christmas, a place they had struggled in the past. And, and after that break, they're now back at it. They will have played Northern Iowa at home um, on the day that we tape this podcast. So by the time it has come out, you'll know whether the Bears won or lost at Great Southern Bank Arena. But they're also home uh, on Saturday, uh, actually at, at Bradley this Saturday. Then they've got Murray State next Wednesday. Uh, Bears uh, off to a 9-4 and four start. They were 1-1 one and one in the Valley before the holiday break. This is a great chance to uh, continue that quick start in the league. And by doing so, maybe show Bears fans that this is a, a team to maybe have a little bit of buzz about for the uh, January and February home schedule. Uh, maybe Dana Ford's best team he's had since he's there, so we'll learn a lot more probably in the next week or so uh, of Bears games as they try to start uh, quickly in the Missouri Valley Conference. Same thing for the Lady Bears, who are 7-3 and three overall. They're coming off a buzzer-beating win over Northern Iowa. Mount Vernon product Lacey Stokes dropping in the game winner right before the horn for a 54-52 triumph. The Lady Bears are now 6-0 and at home. Uh, they'll try to push that to 8-0 with games at Great Southern Bank Arena versus Valparaiso on Thursday and Illinois-Chicago on Saturday. So get out and check out uh, Beth Cunningham's Lady Bears this week. And finally, the NCAA football championship game is now set. We'll have a Michigan versus Washington battle in the uh, title game. Both those teams survived thrilling semifinal games on Monday night uh, to reach the finals, and it should be a great uh, tug-of-war game between a, a very swarming and, and effective Michigan defense against a high-octane Washington offense. So <clears throat> so looking forward to seeing that matchup on Monday night in the football national championship game. I'll go with Michigan in that one for the win because, as they say, Defense wins championships. Our guest today is the first-year head coach of the Kickapoo Lady Chiefs. She led her squad to a pink-and-white championship last weekend when Kickapoo defeated Fort Smith Northside 57-47 for the pink division title at the O'Reilly Family Events Center on the Drury campus. Pleasure to have on the line with us Coach Leslie Hanchy. Leslie, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. Yeah, big weekend for you right before New Year's. Uh, you got 27 points out of Michaela Pilly. Uh, the junior who's who's really uh, off to a great start this year, eleven and one now on the season. Kind of give us a summary of uh, of how things have gone in your debut as a head coach. Oh, well, I couldn't ask for anything better. I, I, I mean, it's been eleven and one. I would have never dreamed of that. Um, but it's it's all credit to our kids. They come in every day ready to work. Um, we have a group of girls that love uh, basketball, so that has helped make my job one hundred percent easier. And uh, Pilly uh, really kind of took charge there, 27 points in the uh, yeah. championship game. Kind of tell us about her a little bit. I know she's a junior, and she's getting some, some college looks too, isn't she? Yeah. She uh, 
she's one of those kids that wants to constantly get better every single day. She wants to watch film to figure out, you know, what she needs to do better. She's going, getting extra shots up on her own, having me open up the gym for her. Um, just an all around great kid with a great attitude that, um, that every coach hopes to have on their squad. And she's that championship game when Kaya kind of went down with her injury, Philly didn't miss a beat. She stepped right up into that, that leadership role. Um, which she's a captain on our team anyways, but she really took it and ran with it. And that, that kid just, she deserves it all. Yeah. Tell us about some of the other kids, uh, some of their strengths and, and that have helped you guys get off to the 11 one start. Sure. So we've got a bunch of different kids that can do different things. Um, we have Kai Johnson, who's our point guard. Um, she's a senior this year. She's going on to play volleyball at Missouri State uh, next year, but basketball has been her thing since she was a kid. Um, she's the one that, as our best defender, our best communicator, um, Pilly, like we just talked about, she's one of our better scorers. But Pilly's also a really great defender. Um, that's kind of something that doesn't get talked about enough. When we played uh, Fair Grove, she got two charges. I think she had three charges total in that game against Fair Grove, and two of those fouled out two of their better kids. Um, so Pilly can do it all for us. We've got Josie Salazar. She's a sophomore. I'm really coming into her own and kind of trying to figure things out, but she's one of our better defenders as well. Um, when we kind of went to a box and one look against um, Northside, she's the one that guarded the one and held that girl to four points. Um, but Josie's a very athletic kid. She's got some colleges around the area that are looking at her. Our senior, Ari Mosley, she's going to St. Mary's next year. She's fast as lightning. Um, sometimes I'm trying to get her to slow down because she's, she's so fast. Um, but we have so many different kids that at, at any given time that could do things for us, and I think that's why we've been so successful is because, you know, Kaya goes down. Um, we have other kids that can step up. If one kid's not scoring very well, we have other kids that can score. Michaela Smith is another one. She's a junior that has really taken off for us. She's a, a real, one of our deep ball threats. Um, so, yeah, they're all, they all do it all at, at any given time. I spent a, ro- a lot of time around Steve Hesser, you know, over at Drury when I was there for 11 years, and, I always remember Coach Hester talking about first-year coaches uh, that, you know, they say, well, he or she's never called a timeout yet. And, you know, moving over that one chair can be a big difference. What, what's been the yeah. biggest thing for you to adjust to um, as a first-year head coach after 15 years in, as an assistant there at Kickapoo? The biggest adjustment probably would be just what you just said, just like the decisions at the end of the day are mine that I've got to figure out. And luckily I have a great assistant with Kayla Daniels. She was, you know, the JV coach and she's just moved up to kind of what my role was last year. And we, we communicate really well and we bounce things off of each other nonstop on the bench, but it's just kind of figuring out, like you said, when to call a timeout, when to kind of let them play, um, any sort of in-game adjustments, which, you know, Jim Pendergrass today, I can't stress this enough how much he helped me get to this point. It has been a very easy transition because these last those last three or four years, he was having me run timeouts and having me, you know, make adjustments during the game and then just being able to verbalize that to the girls during the game, I think has probably been one of the biggest changes. So is Kayla planning on uh, 2039 for her time to get the kickapoo job now? <laughs> I hope I, I hope I told her she better never ever leave me. <laughs> One thing about that job, people that get it don't leave for very long, do they? Yeah, yeah. I think this is. I think I'm the. It was Schubel, and then it was Coach, Coach Phillips, and, and then Jim, Pendergrass. Yeah, you're the fourth yeah. one in history in that in that position. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, what what a what a whirlwind twenty twenty three was for you to go from uh, associate head coach to to running your alma mater's program after uh, announcement in July. Uh, you'd spent many years there with Pendergrass and and of course Coach Phillips before that. Did you see the Pendergrass decision coming? Were you prepped at all for it, or was it just kind of you got a call one day and it's like, hey, I'm I'm leaving. It's open. It was uh, a conversation that was had after a, a team camp uh, game, and I and I totally understood what his reasoning behind it. It was you know for his family and to kind of set himself up um, in terms of once he retires from teaching. Um, but I thought I thought I had two more years with him, but uh, I this situation kind of came, and he had to do it what was best for him and his family. So it took me by surprise, but I totally understood it, and 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 had to kind of deal with it from there. It almost kind of felt like you kind of had to mourn the loss of somebody because we've been together for so long, for you know, 16 years together on the bench. And then he was my coach when I was at Kickapoo. You know, he was Coach Phil's assistant. So I've known Jim over half my life. So to kind of have that change happen, it it was it took some soul-searching and some lots of prayer and, and uh, definitely felt like, you know, you just kind of had to mourn that loss for a little bit. But we still talk every every few days and he still keeps in touch and sends me texts and so it was it was a, it was a shock that's for sure you, you know you, you're kind of the the Brock Blancet of the women's side of of basketball coaching I think Brock spent 19 years with Jay Osborne and and uh, took over the Knicks a job when Jay retired for about eight hours uh down there uh, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago and and of course uh, you've been there 15 with Kickapoo were there opportunities? Were, were there things that were tempting to you to, to leave, or are you just kind of set on "I'm a Kickapoo Lady Chief"? I'm a Kickapoo Lady Chief. I had a, few, I mean, there were a few times where I had been approached and had been asked, "Hey, do you ever want to?" And even before they could finish their sentence, I was like, "Nope, I'm not going anywhere else. This is this is the only school I'd ever had any aspirations to coach for, um, and had no intentions of ever going anywhere else." Well, you are a 2005 Kickapoo grad. You played on some okay teams back when you were there. You guys only went 112 and seven in four years, lost seven games. State championships in 2003 and 2005. Um, how has the game of, of girls' high school basketball and women's basketball in general changed since your playing days? What, what can you uh, notice about that? I think the pace is a lot faster. You know, back when I played, we had a lot of sets. Like, you're going to run this set, and then if that doesn't work, you're going to run this set. In this day and age, we don't do a whole lot of sets. It's a lot of continuity stuff, you know, where you have to read your defender and kind of figure out how you're going to score, um, which girls love. I think girls love being able to just go, go, go. At least this group that I have does. They want to play fast. Um, and I think the physicality of the game has changed, which I love. I mean, it was pretty physical back when I played, back, you know, against Amanda Newton and the Newton sisters and Republic and all those other, you know, big time names. But I think just in terms of the physicality and the, and, and just, you know, I'm going to score on you and do whatever I need to do. I think that mentality has kind of gotten more intense as the years have gone on, but it's made women's basketball a lot, a lot more fun to watch. How would you describe Leslie Hansey, the player back then? What was your role with Kickapoo on those teams? Cause they had other girls that really liked to score, didn't they? Oh, yeah, I was the definition of a true blue role player, and I loved my role. You know, I knew that I didn't need to score, and I knew that I – I mean, we had Molly Carter, Greta Wiersch, uh, Heather Ezell, 
uh, I mean, anybody that I, I did not need to score. So my role was strictly rebounding and defending and doing all those things that don't necessarily get put on paper. And I, I love that role because I mean, everybody, everybody's got a role on a team. And if you can perfect that, uh, it's scary what can happen. Do you have a Leslie Hansey on this team, this Kickapoo team? Um, yeah, I think we've got a we, – Allison Scott kind of reminds me a lot of me. You know, she starts for us this year. She's a junior. She um, – there was times where she's had to guard the best player on the other team. There's been times where I've just needed her to rebound and defend, and she's done those for us. And whatever I've asked her to do, she's going to do it no matter what. And, yeah, she reminds me a lot of, of me back in the day. You know, you spent a lot of time. We were talking about the the people you were around, and of course, Sue Schubel was there twenty eight years. She retired uh, after your eighth grade year. I guess she didn't want any part of Leslie Hanchy. Apparently, you know, she, <laughs> I'm done with this. But no, but uh, Schubel for twenty eight years and three state championships there. Then Coach uh, Phillips came in and and won a couple more. Uh, you know, before her passing, uh, and then Jim Pendergrass wins one in twenty sixteen. So you said Schubel still comes to games. You went to her camps all that time. Yeah. Uh, when I think of Schubel, I think of a winner but had fun. You know, her teams, when I covered them yeah. back in the 90s, uh, it was almost like uh, it was an MTV show before they had those shows, you know, of punk and things like that. <laughs> but uh, what what did you take away from uh, maybe each of those coaches that you were around uh, that you kind of incorporate into your game now? Well, Coach Phil or Coach Coach Schubel's three things that she always told her kids was do it together, play hard, do it together, and have fun. Those were her three things, and she told me that even when I was an assistant. And anytime she comes to games, which she's been to several of our games, she comes over and sees me on the bench, and those are the three things she tells me every single time: do it together, play hard, have fun. Um, and then with Coach Phillips, um, she was. Uh, com- not that we didn't have fun, but Coach Phillips expected the best from you. And if you didn't give you, give your best, then then you weren't going to play, essentially. And I think that kids need to be held accountable. And I think that's what she did with us is, you know, made sure that we saw how good we can be, but also, like, lived up to that. And if we couldn't do it, then we kind of had to figure things out. Um, so that's kind of what I've taken, out, taken from her. And then with Jim, um, Jim is a basketball mind. Jim is the best X's and O's guy I've ever been around. And so taking some of the stuff that we have had on our program already and then kind of figuring out some more, some new things as well to kind of have in our arsenal or in our toolbox is kind of what I tell the girls. Um, I'm taking that from him as well. You went on and after Kickapoon played at SBU, correct? Correct. I was yeah. there for two years. Yeah. When, when did you decide or when did you made the determination you wanted to be a basketball coach? Well, so I was at SBU for two years, and after that second year, I was just kind of, I wasn't having the, it was just kind of a struggle a little bit, and it kind of just ended up being Coach Phillips got diagnosed that summer, I think is what it was, of after my sophomore year, and she called me, and she called Greta Weirs, and she said, hey, I need some extra help. Will you guys come back and help me, basically be a manager is what it, I thought it would be. Um, just need some help for anything that I may need. And absolutely, I mean, I draw. I was like, yes, absolutely. So that kind of was like a sign for me that I needed to walk away from college basketball and, and go help her. And then I would, I was actually going to be going into nursing school. Um, and after about two weeks with her at Kickapoo, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And so she at first was like, no, don't do it. Like you'll, you'll never make any money. Um, you'll, you know, 
just stay with where you are with nursing. I promise you, your career will be, you know, you'll have so much. I was like, no, this is what I want to do. And so then after about the third week, I dropped out of nursing school. So it was almost nursing school, and, and you made the decision for a, a coaching career. Um, you spent some time, what, at Cherokee and Carver uh, on the way up as well? Correct. I was at Cherokee for basketball. I did Carver track, so I was trying to, you know, be a part of both uh, feeder patterns into our school. And then once they changed the um, – schedule for basketball with middle school that was when it became pretty much impossible to be able to do both at the same time so then i just strictly went kick two after so so you spent that time at the the junior high level did that help you also maybe prepare for the fact of how important that level is for the development for the girls that you now get at the kickapoo yes absolutely we would do a lot of drills a lot of the same drills that we would do at kickapoo and kind of just getting those kids comfortable with those things and comfortable with the same concepts and terminology that we use at the high school. So that transition is a lot easier. Um, I loved working at the middle school level. I loved working at Cherokee. Um, those, just being able to see those kids. You get those kids coming up to the junior high. I'm sure you've got an eye on what kind of talent comes up as well. Is uh, Kikapu got some, some good ones to watch coming forward? Yes, I think our eighth grade class has got quite a few kids that are that are going to be great future late chiefs, and even at the seventh grade level, as long as they it continues to be fun, I think that's the most important part. A lot of times we forget that basketball is supposed to be fun, and we want kids to specialize so early when they're even in like sixth or seventh grade, and just keeping those kids. Last countdown in three, two, one. So we mentioned Kickapoo off to an eleven-one start. Uh, what does the schedule look like for you coming up, and who are some great challenges uh, for this team? So we've got conference play coming up, which means obviously West Plains, Rolla. Um, those are also two, those are two great teams that we'll have to have to play well against to win our conference. And then we are going to a tournament in Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is always a great tournament. Um, we've played Carl Junction in the championship the past couple of years and lost both times to them. So hopefully, there's always really good competition in that tournament. It's always fun to go out of state play some teams that we don't normally see so we've got some some great games coming up and we just got to keep getting better each day can't get complacent and of course the coc next year looking forward to that challenge yeah that's gonna be fun i think that's gonna be a lot of fun very good leslie we appreciate your time best of luck to you and the lady chip uh lady chips lady chiefs (laughs) the rest of the way and and uh go get you a championship okay thanks i appreciate you scott you bet Wrapping up this podcast with our usual Scott's thoughts, my musings and ramblings about the uh, sports world from the past uh, week or a couple weeks in this case. Uh, starting off with, uh, had two great games, as we talked about earlier, in the uh, college football playoff on Monday night. Alabama falling in overtime to Michigan, uh, and then also Washington holding off a Texas charge to win the other semifinal to set up a Michigan and Washington national title game. i tell you, they were two of the most uh, hotly contested uh, action-packed games uh, since the playoff came into play, just had a little trouble getting into it. And and I think that's uh, a product of what's happened to college football today. Not a fan of what's going on with the transfer portal where guys can up and leave and tampering is is rampant. You've got coaches calling family members of players who are still on rosters uh, while they're on that team and trying to uh, see if they can offer an NIL bag of cash that will uh, lure them away, which is also a violation. But NCAA just sits back and watches it all happen. And so it's kind of, I think, has sapped my my love for the college game, which used to be my highlight every every sports year was college football Saturdays. But uh, 
not anymore. Doesn't look like that's going to end anytime soon. So we'll see if we can ramp it back up for a very classic matchup of the Michigan defense against the Washington offense on Monday night and what has basically become NFL 2, the college version of the pro game. Got to ask, is this a potential Super Bowl Chiefs team again? Defensively, no question. Offensively, lots of questions. Chiefs need a healthy Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco, that's for sure, uh, on that side of the ball because we saw against Cincinnati how valuable he can be to that KC offense right now and give uh, Patrick Mahomes a, not only a, a kind of a relief valve there in the backfield with the passing game but also tough running up the middle. I don't know who the commentator was but said uh, Pacheco runs like he's angry at the field and stuff, and that's – that's pretty accurate, but uh, the Chiefs also need to get Kelsey old or Travis Kelsey not to be old anymore. He looks slow out there. He just doesn't get open as uh, as well as he used to. If it takes resting Travis Kelsey a week uh, this week when they go out to play the Chargers, then so be it. Maybe give him a little late season burst of energy and and heal some aches and pains. But they've got to have a semblance of the Travis Kelsey that they've had the last two or three years. And unfortunately, Father Time looks like he's caught up with uh, the 35-year-old Kelsey. That's about three or four years later than he usually catches up with NFL tight ends. So the Chiefs have been very fortunate to get out of Travis Kelsey and what they have. But uh, unless we see a resurgence here in the playoffs, you got to wonder if maybe this is it for the uh, sure uh, Hall of Famer uh, for the Chiefs at tight end. Lastly, congrats to uh, Jordan Epps and his Central Bulldogs on winning the Blue Division of the Blue and Gold Tournament last week. First time they've won a division in that uh, holiday tradition in 40 years. A lot of fun watching the Central student section down there celebrating with the Bulldogs on the floor right after. Uh, Of course, a big credit to the Central uh, students who came out because they were the only school with a student section uh, on finals night between them, Glendale, Nixon, and Republic. So kudos to Central for showing up and showing out, and just a lot of fun to see a, a program and and uh, that hasn't had a lot of reason to celebrate until Epps took over here uh, to get a chance to do so. There, we'll learn a lot more about Central next week. Of course, they will be one of the two entries along with Glendale in the Bass Pro Tournament Champions, where they get to take on a regional and national field and kind of show what they're uh, they're made of. But I'll tell you this: watching them uh, last week in the title game. They are the most talented team in the Ozarks for that question, right? That's going to do it for this week's Around the Ozarks sports team. I'm Scott Purrier. Thanks so much for listening.